All right, everybody, welcome into Sideline Spectator, episode 41. I'm your host, Jake Smith, along with my co-host, Drake Downs. Sam Kell, we don't know. We don't know. He I says he's going to be here. We haven't heard from him in days. You know what, Drake? I think that we should start coming up with something tragic every time Sam doesn't join the podcast. So, like, I'll go, let, let's improv this right here. So, I'll go first. Uh, Sam isn't joining us today because he fell off a ladder. Sam isn't joining us today because he reached inside the freezer at Kroger to get a um, Marie Callender's pot pie, got attacked by a rabid raccoon that's been living in there since 1976. Sam went scuba diving and he lost oxygen. Sam then regained oxygen, floated to the surface to have his eyes gouged out by a bald eagle that was soaring with that raccoon that attacked Sam previously in its mouth. Sam is not on the podcast because he accidentally lit himself on fire on purpose. Sam then, to put the fire out, jumped into the ocean in a scuba suit and drowned. And speaking of ocean, Sam is actually on vacation in Jeffrey Epstein's island. Sam is that is, too far? Is that too far? Should we should we stop right there? Good, because I could have just I could have taken it a whole nother level. Uh, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. All right, Epstein's Island, keep going. I thought that was gonna be pushing it too far. Nah, we'll save it for next time. We, he won't be here on Thursday. We know that. All right, so you can literally plug in any of those for why Sam isn't here. Uh but choose your that, favorite. That yeah. Yeah, just circling the bubble. You know, it's just like when you're taking the ACT or SAT. You know, you don't know. Just Cir pick circle C. in the circle in the bubble. Bingo. So this uh, this episode of Sideline Spectator is brought to you by Flam Aesthetics. Uh, it is a medical grade aesthetic provider who is committed to delivering top tier and affordable care for your aesthetic needs. Look, Joey does neurotoxin dermal filler uh, to everything to skincare procedures, including facials, microneedling. PRP, PRF-related uh, procedures, which is where, you know, fellas, you're losing your hair. He injects you with, with a little bit of plasma, grows your hair back. Crazy. Happened to me. So, uh, it's real. And then also the Botox parties. Boys, look, it's not too late. Valentine's Day is a week away. You can schedule an appointment with Joey, you know, do a little Valentine's Day gift for your girl, whatever. And, and you know, she can, you know, do some injections in her forehead my wife just got that done they did a botox party botox parties like shopping at sam's or costco or you know wherever else you know you buy in bulk there's more people there so you get more of a deal uh but he's not just gonna you know shoot you up and then take your money he's gonna tell you what you need to do for everyday skincare uh regimen you can find flam aesthetics on facebook instagram and linkedin matthew we are running on fumes and look at that. There is Sam Kell just in the nick of time. Sam, we just did the ad read. We went through a whole bunch of scenarios where you possibly died. And <laughs> you're here. So so we're we're glad to have you on. So first order of business, boys. Uh Mike Vrabel, John Robinson. They both got contract extensions from the Tennessee Titans. Drake is our resident secondary uh, Titans fan. 
what what are your thoughts on on this extension for them? Obviously, Vrabel, my opinion, coach of the year. But what are your thoughts? I mean, I definitely think it's a it's a good direction. Um, but what happened with the Aaron Rodgers thing is, I, I know we could talk about that maybe a little later uh, if you're if you're heading down that road. But um, no, I definitely think it, it's a good move. I love Rabel. Um, I think their their uh, the direction they want to take it is the correct one, and what they're willing to do. Maybe, maybe because I, I've seen they went and got Julio as. You know, I guess they kind of traded for him, but um, and that didn't necessarily pan out. But they have shown that they're willing to kind of do what it takes. Um, so except move on from Ryan Tannehill. That's that's where I was kind of like kinda right because I mean move on from Ryan Tannehill. They've built relationships with the guy. The guy has shown that he can be good. This year was not his year. Uh, maybe it's one of those things where you're like, you know, we're going to give him another year and see if he can get back to what he was. I do believe in slump years, but it's one of those things where none of your guys are getting any younger. And, you know, it's it's one of those leagues where it's kind of turning into, I want to win now, worry about the future later, you know? I mean, it's going to be for a guy on A.J. Brown's stature. It's going to be hard for him to try to stay as humble as he possibly can if he's got Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball and throwing interceptions and, you know, all that stuff, making bad decisions and, and him not getting the ball. I mean, that's just the nature of a receiver in the NFL in general is to want the ball. And for a guy like A.J. Brown, I mean, he's probably the second most popular player on the Tennessee Titans, at least in the state of Nashville, behind Derrick Henry. I mean, uh, it's just... Do you think this is them playing chess, not checkers? The Tannehill being bad, maybe he's not. He's bad, but he's not good enough. He's not bad enough to where you're not winning at least 11 games a year. But he's bad enough to where AJ Brown doesn't command a huge payday. I mean, if the now, numbers aren't there, maybe they're playing well, chess, not checkers. You keep get out of paying AJ Brown. That, no, I, I mean, I, that, I, that's, I like that's that, but, theory, but that's... <clears throat> do you mind? Do you just want to segue into the Aaron Rodgers thing, or do you want to get to that later? Because I've, I've yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So Aaron Rodgers is everybody is known. Jared Stillman uh, broke the news. He's with one hundred two point five the game, I think. Um, he broke the news that he heard from a realtor friend of his in Nashville that Aaron Rodgers and Woodley, whatever his fiance's name is, purchased land in Franklin. Or Brentwood, yeah. Franklin. Franklin, yeah, and uh, and you know they're gonna start constructing a mansion and all this stuff. So you know all all the Titans fans, which I I did too. I mean, kind of like Tom Brady, like when he put his house up for sale right before the 2019 season kicked off, which was like Tom Brady's last year. Yeah, I didn't think too. Th- I was like, dude, no. He, I was in such denial. I was like, no, he's just you know he's just looking to get out of his house, you know, m- make some money off of it. But, dude, it's just like after that, after Tom Brady actually left, I was like, man, follow the real estate. Like why else does, you know, somebody put up a mansion for sale? Why else would Aaron Rodgers buy property in the Nashville area and build a mansion with his fiance? I don't know. It's There would be tampering issues, obviously, if he's already bought land in Nashville thinking that he is actually going to sign with the Titans and stuff. But, I, I mean, what – Drake, what what do you want to talk about with that? So my my question is, he, Sam was talking about chess, not checkers. But I mean, even even 
like surface level of that. Like because Aaron Rodgers is notorious for not getting to the Super Bowl to losing in the playoffs and stuff like that. He does have one Super Bowl under his belt. Um, and he is very, very good at in the regular season, which is great. But what does it matter if you can't get it done in the playoffs? We all agree. Um, he's going to be 38, or he is. He just turned 38 in December. Now, somebody with Tom Brady, who has many, many Super Bowls and is uh, not even arguably the greatest of all time, his age is not going to be a deterrent from people that are in need of a quarterback. I would say that even Tampa was not on the mindset of win now, but even when Tom Brady's interested in your franchise, like you're like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And I mean, and then Jameis was gone straight off his 30 for 30 season, but (laughs) um, Aaron Rodgers, I know he's going to find a home with no problem, but with Tennessee or other teams, like, do you think that that's going to be one of those situations where you're like, this guy's really good, but he hasn't done anything postseason wise? Like Ryan Tannehill got us the first round by, just like Aaron Rodgers did. You know well, what look, I'm saying? You, you, yes, yes. You got to admit though that Aaron Rodgers just having that name is going to be such a draw to fans and everybody like that. Like the city's going to Twitter Titans Twitter is going to erupt if it actually comes out that. Aaron Rodgers is signing with the Tennessee Titans. I mean, and yeah, but this Titans dude is fans, a 40, Titans fans. Yeah, but Titans forty-two fans million dollar cap hit, right? Yeah. Now look, the the cap. First off, the cap is going to go up by about twenty twenty-two million dollars this year. It also doesn't the cap, exist. The cap. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. I, I've always said that the cap is crap. There is a million different ways to maneuver. You can give guys signing bonuses. You can give them void years like Tom Brady had his last year in New England. Uh, Drew Brees did it on his final deal, added a void year in just to space out the money owed uh, over the cap and stuff. So, I yeah, the cap is crap. The Titans can make it work if they want to. Will they want to? I mean, you guys have already seen they that should. Vrabel and Robinson have said, like, no, Tannehill, like, we're riding with Tannehill. Tannehill is our guy. But it's like, dude, you got to – Yes, it's all well and good to to say that, maybe because you don't have a deal in place with Aaron Rodgers. But at the same time, it's like, if you can make your team better, if you can put Aaron Rodgers on your team, one, the owner is going to want that. You know why? Because that's going to put butts in seats. And win win games. And that is going to fill the bleachers. People are going to freak out. Ooh, Aaron Rodgers to to AJ Brown, Aaron Rodgers to potentially, you know, if he's still on the team, Julio Jones, you know, oh, how can they guard Aaron Rodgers thrown to these two guys and also defend Derrick Henry? You know, it's it's a whole, you know, just snowball effect. Dude, the Titans would kill it in merch. It's gonna put money in Amy Adams's pocket. So she would want it. So I get it, Drake. I get it. Like, yes, he doesn't win in the playoffs, but like just having that name. I feel like everybody in Titans fandom is going to want that. I, I, I agree. I mean, and he's the perfect Titan. Fits in perfectly. I Why? Because he's a he, loser? Yep. He, uh, <laughs> just kidding. I love Aaron Rodgers. He, uh, it, it shocks me because 
I watch the Pat McAfee show whenever I get a chance. I try to watch it at least a couple times a week. And Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, I enjoy watching it. And um, man, I think you know just off of what we've discussed and and theory or they've discussed, excuse me. Uh, and then like theories uh, that I've just heard is it seems like Steelers are a good landing spot for him, uh, and it fits. Right now, because the Steelers are either starting over, or they're picking right back up with someone of Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, they got the they got the personnel. They just need to draft an offensive line. That, that's pretty much <clears> it. They're they're good to go. I mean, and they're missing a quarterback, and they're at the they're in a situation now where uh, do we even with this draft coming up? This draft coming up is a big is a big um, crutch, I would say, for Aaron Rodgers because it's like. You're not gonna draft. I mean, who you gonna? Kenny Pickett? Like, who? Like, so there is no like what we what we see on the on on the surface like franchise quarterbacks in this draft really like no top ten quarterbacks. I don't know if Pickett will go top ten. Uh, and you'll have to look up when's the last time a quarterback hasn't a quarterback hasn't gone in the top ten. Um, but I don't know. I could see this, and this is just my hypothesis right here. When, how bad do you think Pat is texting him behind the scenes, saying, "Dude, come to Indy." Like, I mean, and could you not see like Aaron like going to play at Indy, and then he already to me, maybe it's just his his attitude anyway, and how he carries himself, but like. He don't seem that invested into football. I mean, he loves football, but like emotionally, like I feel like he could step away from it no problem. Yeah, I and agree. He'd be fine. Yeah, and also, so they got Carson Wentz there. They don't need Aaron Rodgers, right? <laughs> but what about like Pat? Like, dude, just and then if you retire, like give us a couple years, like give us a run at the Super Bowl, retire, come to work for Pat McAfee Incorporated, like, and then hop on. I mean. I can Aaron see Rogers that because has the personality of a doorknob, though. But, but if you watch Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, like he loves that because he's unsolicited. Like he is. Oh, he, just, he, talking, doesn't, he, he doesn't. He doesn't censor it at all. About himself. Yeah, he yeah. loves talking about himself. Jake hates Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and I mean, Pat, it's just the Pat, truth. Pat loves it, and those guys get kind of annoying. But he, uh, Aaron, makes them so much money, so they deride him really hard. Which I, I mean, I get it. But like during the regular season, he throws a ten yard pass, and like, oh my god, Rogers. They do like, ride him. It, it, those guys are annoying. Outside of Pat, the, the other guys are pretty terrible. I would say. Yeah. So Sam, where do you think Aaron Rodgers lands? I think if he wants to win a Super Bowl, I think he goes to Steelers. I just think that that defense will always is always going to be good as long as Tomlin's there. Good enough. It might not be great, but it'll be middle of the pack. Kind of like, I mean, his Green Bay defense wasn't horrible this year. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, Najee Harris is good. They dra- get, draft all linemen. I don't know, though, because I don't, I'm not a believer in those receivers. Uh, Braxton Bogus, our friend, is a big, big Steelers fan. He hates Deontay Johnson. He hates Claypool. And Juju is I don't think he's – I think he's a two-receiver at best. He's Deontay a, Johnson may be wide receiver one over there, honestly. No, he is. He is. He is, but he drops, he drops a, a ton of balls. Yeah. And Claypool they cries just, every time he doesn't get the ball, and Juju is too busy doing TikTok dances. He's a free agent this TikTok. Yeah, if yeah. I'm Aaron Rodgers, I go to the, Bron- the Broncos. And that's like my biggest fear, but I go to the Broncos. Yeah. Broncos no, I would too, 100%. Broncos got a really good defense, and then they're, they got some weapons. If, if Judy can stay healthy. They and, got – they got Judy, defense kind of like the Steelers. Can someone do. bring? It's, all, it's always can, decent. 
Can yeah. someone bring she, Ingram back to life? Like, what happened to him? I, I mean, he's okay. Who? He dropped from like a top five running back. Uh, oh, he's just old. Oh, and not Ingram. Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Oh, screw not him. He Sorry. sucks. He sucks. He sucks. He was good there for a little bit, and then he went to the Broncos, and I feel like he disappeared. Well, he so, he got put in a running back by committee system, and now he's with the, he had a rookie behind him this year, and he's gonna lose his job next year probably. So, Sam, do you put in in any stock into Aaron Rodgers buying property in Nashville? No, because I I was informed also that George Kittle lives in Nashville too. All yeah. season, I didn't know yeah, that. he does. Uh, Aaron Rodgers seems like a Broadway. I could see him on Broadway and like some <laughs> some Wrangler jeans and like. And sipping on some whiskey at one of those. His horrible I, I, mullet that he already has going. Yeah, yeah. maybe he was just getting prep, prepped up for Nashville. Uh, I think it would be I think it'd be a good fit. If I'm Titans fans, I'm definitely getting excited about it. But uh, I don't – I think the Titans are what they are, and they've – I don't know. I, I It's very hard for me to – if I'm the GM, I'd get rid of Tannehill, send him to – I mean, who needs a quarterback? The Texans or somebody that's in transition that's going to draft a rookie? Not the Texans, but somebody's going to draft a rookie this year. So uh, maybe like there's going to be a team that out there that takes the Liberty quarterback or a team that takes Corral or Kenny Pickett, and you put Tannehill and that rookie quarterback together and let Tannehill start and then the rookie take over maybe. There's there's going to be a market for Mariota and a rookie. Like a Minnesota, and, like and Minnesota Tannehill Vikings. And a rookie. Yeah. I could see yeah, yeah. I could see Tannehill going to the Vikings. Tannehill and Kellen Mond. Yeah, I, I, I could so see that you send Tannehill out for whatever and then bring Rodgers in, manipulate the cap, and hope Derrick Henry is not broken. All right, so next order of business, uh, the Patriots are bringing back Joe Judge. And for we anybody – We knew that was coming. Anybody that isn't too familiar with Joe Judge's press conferences or anything like that, he is the ultimate tool bag. Um, he, I am not too excited about him coming back. He is going to be the offensive assistant. Okay? Guys, there is no offensive coordinator currently. With Bill hiring him back, as an offensive assistant, that tells me that Joe Judge is going to be the quote-unquote de facto offensive coordinator as they've done these past few years with Bills Kidd and Gerard Mayo on defense. There's not an actual defensive coordinator, but those two guys kind of swap out calling the, the defensive plays. With McDaniels gone this first year of him being gone, I think that Bill's hiring him back to be the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots just without the title to where he doesn't have to pay him as much because the Giants still are going to be paying his salary so Bill can get him on the cheap. Now, I still want Bill O'Brien, but Joe Judge, holy smokes, they they made Daniel Jones regress, in my opinion. I thought Daniel Jones regressed not that he was like, yeah, I mean, Sam, I'm not saying he was good anyways, but he got he got way worse. And I just he was the wide receivers coach in 2019. He got promoted to the to be the wide receivers coach in 2019 for the Patriots. We had the worst receiving core in the NFL that year. So it's like, what makes Bill think that just because what he's familiar with the offense, that that's gonna do anything? It's like, dude, you had the 31st ranked offense this past season with the Giants. 
Like, what are we doing? In his, I, I'm going to defend Daniel Jones a, a little bit and the Giants. They're the most injury-riddled team since the couple years ago Chargers. I mean, Daniel Jones missed like half the season with a concussion. I mean, he got rocked a couple times. Sterling Shepard misses every other game with a concussion. Evan Ingram's on a permanent IR, I'm pretty sure. Kenny Galladay, who they just gave $18 million a year, did not catch a touchdown all year. Their first-round pick, Kadarius Toney, did not catch a touchdown all year. I think Daniel Jones, those first couple games, the Giants were like two and three, or I don't know what they started. They started like either first in the division or like second. I mean, the division's terrible anyways, but I I think Daniel Jones is bad, but I think he's he's probably a, at best a high and the best backup quarterback in the league, honestly. He's crazy Daniel- like Taylor, Taylor Heineke guy, kind of guy. But I didn't think he was that bad. Oh, Saquon permanently hurt too. I think I don't know. I I think Daniel Jones sucks, but I don't think yeah. he's that bad. The, that makes sense. The Giants front office tried. They can't get yeah. out there and play, right? Right. So I think they executed properly in their drafts and their signings. Um I like to if I thought about Daniel Jones Case Keenum comes to mind. Is that fair? I think Taylor Heineke. That's exactly what I think Taylor Heineke is what I think. Taylor Heineke is a million times better than Daniel Jones. Yeah, I know. Well, he's a he's a worse Taylor Heineke. But, who's a, he's a, well, that's what the best. I was asking. So about, that's what Drake's saying. Fair? Drake's saying is like Daniel Jones equals Case Keenum. But I Case, think Case Keenum went to the NFC Championship with the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah. I just didn't know if that was a fair comparison. I mean, Case Keenum is, you know, eight, ten, however many years older um, but I didn't know if that, like, I mean, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Daniel you know, Jones is Josh McCown. How about that? Yes. Yes. Did, yeah, More mobile Josh McCown, Josh McCown. Yeah. Josh McCown has to be one of the smoothest talkers ever to have a 20 year career in the NFL. He has to be like just smooth talking his way to like, come on, you know, and you know, almost got a roster. head coaching job with the Texans. Well, we'll, say, we'll talk about that in a minute, but, uh, so Joe Judge was at Mississippi State, the special teams coach, and then was a, a Patriot, and then a Giant, or how? What? How was that process? Yes, you're. But that's you're that's right how on. it went. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, how do you go for? And what was he at the Patriots before going to the Giants? Special uh, teams he, coach. He was the special teams coach in that last year in 2019. He got promoted to be the wide receivers coach and the special teams coach. How do you go from special teams coach at Mississippi State? To a head coach. Uh, <laughs> a, like a lower-tier SEC school to a special team coach in the NFL to head coach. And That's that, the Bella fraud effect. <laughs> oh, That's I hope Trent Brown, effect. defender, is listening. Yeah. All right, so more Patriots-related news, kind of. Tom Brady, good God, <laughs> I really hope he doesn't do this whole Brett Favre you know, song and dance. I hope so he does. We're going to play. We're going to play what he said in his and Jim Gray's podcast with Larry Fitzgerald that they do. Uh, the let's go podcast. I, guys, I know that I play clips. I don't even know if I'm allowed to, but you know, we're just doing it just because, um, all right. So here it is. Here's Tom Brady talking about, um, retirement and possibly returning on his let's go podcast. Michael Jordan. And you had that poster on your wall, kind of your standard. He came back. Muhammad Ali came back. Mike Tyson came back. So inevitably, some quarterback's going to get hurt or not perform at the level, and it's going to start 
in July in training camp. It's going to go again in September and probably again in October and November. Uh, how are you going to yeah. entertain those thoughts, and would you ever consider that? You know, I'm just going to take things as they come. You know, I think that's the best way to put it, and I, I don't think anything never, you know, you never say never. And, you know, at the same time, I know that I'm very, I feel very good about my decision. So I don't know how it feels six months from now. It may change. It most likely won't. But, you know, I try to make the best possible decision I can in the moment, which I did this last week. And, again, I think it's not looking to, you know, reverse course. I'm definitely not looking to do that. Um, but in the same time, I think you have to be realistic that you never know what, what, what challenges there are going to be in life. And, um, again, I love playing. I'm looking forward to doing things other than playing. It's as honest as I can be with you there, Jim. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how I'm going to feel in six months. You know, right now it seems like this is the right decision, but in it six months, even... you know, who knows? Never say never. Look, it hasn't been a back. week. It hasn't been a week, has he it? He got stuck, Drake. He got stuck in that house with those kids and Giselle <laughs> yapping at him for one week, and he's like, I can't do this. He said, I, this, I have to die on the football field. He said, this is why I go to the Super Bowl so much, so I just buys me some more time out of this house. He's going to go now, to the Jets, and you're going to be now, sick. <laughs> oh, my God. And now he can't say, now he can't say, I got to go train. So he's got to be there. Oh, man. Oh, he'll, he'll stay He'll stay in shape, I think. For it. He's his oh, TV dude, 12 diet. If I see one, if I see a video of him throwing one football, he's back. That'll that'll confirm like he's coming back at some point, dude. So what if he pulls like Michael Jordan going to the Wizards? What if he goes to the Jets? Or like, or like, what's what, what's a bad team? What's a bad? Somebody hit me with a bad team that he. Would San go Francisco Forty ers No, they they went if to he, the playoffs no, if this he, year. If he comes back, that's where he's going. What? No, here, hear me out. Hear no, me he out. needs hear one final feat to take University. a bad team. University of Michigan, he buys the Lions, is the owner yes, of the Lions, the Lions. and then yes. is, takes over as quarterback yes. for the he Lions. Would murder, he would murder Dan Campbell as soon as he walked in. There. No, him and Dan Campbell would tear everyone's, eat everyone's knee, bite everyone's kneecaps. I believe that. Tom Brady's coming back and winning a Super Bowl with Detroit. So, so in all honesty. I'm being honest. When, when you guys hear that with the whole – you know, I feel good with the with the decision I made. He doesn't but, feel good about it. But never say never. Who knows where I'll be in six months? You know, never say never. Who who knows? What, what do you guys? Me. What do you? What, yes, I think he's what does messing. It tell I you? think he's messing with it. I think he's just he's yanking everybody's chain. I think no he's way. enjoying it. I, <laughs> no way. I think, what that tells me is if the right team calls, he is there. He can't. He's, he's got a he's contract. Still he's under contract with the Bucks still. Once you retire, isn't that no? How does that you, work? They, they still they got rights for a certain amount of time. You have no. You have uh. You have because Gronk got traded. Yeah, he Gronk, retired and got traded. Gronk never filled out his retirement paperwork. Oh really? Tom Brady. Tom Brady has yet to fill out his retirement paperwork. And usually it happens within the first week of you announcing your retirement. Now, as we all know, in his Instagram post, he never used the word retirement. Yeah. He used so it's like if you connect all these dots with his Instagram post of never using the word retirement, it's just I can't commit one hundred percent to football right now. So he's taking a step back, and then you hear him in his podcast saying, "Well, never say never. Who knows how I'll feel in six months?" If you like put two and two together, it's like <laughs> this dude does not want to quit playing. You 
we can all agree on that. He definitely doesn't want to quit playing. He just doesn't want to play for the Bucks anymore. He doesn't want to play for Bruce Arians, and I don't blame him. He wants to go home, and he wants to play for San Francisco. Like, that was always his dream. I mean, we talked about it with Seth Wickersham. He said that before Brady actually, like, went to Tampa, he called Wes Welker. Wes Welker is the receivers coach for the 49ers and goes, hey, Wes, if the 49ers will have me, no free agency tour, nothing like that. If you guys will have me, I will join. Really? That happened? He took it to Shanahan, took it to Lynch. Apparently, Shanahan wanted it, and Lynch was like, no. What? What better revenge? I know that would happen. Kyler removing all his, unfollowing the Cardinals, (laughs) doing the whole millennial. What better revenge for Tom to go to the Cardinals and beat the hell out of the 49ers? Twice a year. Yeah, but I don't know. I would say twice a year forever, but I don't know. I mean, I guess I could say forever. It's Tom Brady. But, I mean, we're just making a bunch of – we're speculation, pure speculation. But what I hear – Oh, I can't wait in, to do this In all these comments. In, no, in, I, I got in this yeah. po- In that Instagram post the whole time I read it, I didn't necessarily pay attention to the word retirement. But the last thing he said was, I'm going to take it day by day. So that completely yep. rebukes yep. everything you type for six pages. Taking it day by day is not retiring. Retiring is like I'm going to enjoy every day, um, but I the have decision a decision to come back. You take day by day or stay retired. I guess once you say like I'm not coming back, people are so quick to call that retirement. But like he's just not playing this year is basically all it is right now. So Drake, to to echo that, I have a conspiracy, and it's based off of two points. It's one, he's taking it day by day, just like you said at the end of that Instagram post. He's saying, you know, I'm not in at 100%. I'm taking it day by day. Well, dude, what are you taking day by day if you're stepping away, if you're going to retire from the game of football? Now, the conspiracy that I have is that maybe he does want to return to Tampa, but he doesn't want to return under Bruce Arians. Maybe he wants the Glazers which is who owns the Tampa Bay Bucks? maybe he wants them to elevate Brian Leftwich to be the head coach. Now, in the second term, he could also be trying to leverage the Glazers to trade him away to San Francisco. Now, Sam, like to your point, you know, don't they have his rights? Yes, but he has a no-trade clause. No-trade clause doesn't mean you can't get traded. It means that the team can't he's voluntarily gotta, trade you. He's got to wait. Get to, right, you get to – essentially, you're a free agent, in, in all honesty, because you, you get to you pick yep. You get to pick where you go. Now, look, straight up, I've seen, like, the photoshops on Twitter. Jimmy Garoppolo for Tom Brady. I feel, in all honesty, I know it sounds nuts. I think that helps both teams. I truly, I truly do. I agree. That, let me let me hit you with a, a scenario, and I I understand Suppose Nancy this. sees me coming out of the shower and decides to come on to me. My jufro or ball fro all the way to my my chest pubes all the way down to my ball fro. There you go. There it is. Uh, God forbid this happen, but Mac Jones tears ACL or Achilles. Like, oh, I've heard real. this all for day real. on Boston. No, Radio. but but for real, like. How great of an achievement is it? I mean, he comes in in August or something like that. I mean, it happens in preseason maybe. And him and Bill 
like overcome. I mean, I can already see it. they bury the hatchet. Like one, we'll give it one last go. And I mean, right off into the sunset, Peyton Manning style with Patriots, where you start. I mean, I just that, that's the most Tom Brady thing ever. Like God, I like Mac, and I like Mac a million times more after this past weekend. Uh, but I mean, I just I, I think Bill would love to get him one more. I mean, Bill's not getting any younger, and Bill's probably not going to win another one in his career, I would say, unless Mac just becomes a lot better than what I think he is. But uh, or y'all get some receivers that can actually do something. But I mean, how crazy would that be? I mean, you know, if Mac has any kind of injury, the memes are are going to flood. Hundred percent coming. You you know, Kraft will make the call to at least Belichick. He'll say Brian hey. Hoyer for Tom Brady. Who says no? No, but you know if Matt goes down and you see your Bill Belichick and you see Robert Kraft calling Robert Kraft, hey Bill, call me. Like Bill's gonna be like, Bill uh, would quit. Bill would quit. No, he would he be would. like, you know I what? I think I'm he'd take a Super away. Bowl. I think he would take a Super Bowl, be the greatest coach of all time, and just be done. But with that it. doesn't. But Sam, that's the thing. It doesn't. If if that scenario does happen, which I would be all for, in all honesty, like yes, Tom, like coming back winning a Super Bowl with the Patriots. But in all honesty, that doesn't. Tom's been vindicated. The system talk has been vindicated. Him being like not being able to win without Billichek has been vindicated. If Bill gets Tom back, what is that? And they win a Super Bowl. What does that do for Bill? It does nothing. It just adds another trophy to his trophy case. Yes, but it doesn't. It it does nothing to Bill to where it's like you can like actually say Bill won without Brady. It's just another Super Bowl. If Bill's hung up on that, then he is. Way less mature than he needs to be for a freaking sixty-year-old man. I mean, you. Why do you think he's? Why do you think he keeps coaching, Sam? Because he wants to. It's just like Tom, like going to another team. Like he wanted to shove it to Bill that he could win without him, and he did. Uh, Why else would Bill still be coaching right now? What else does he have to prove besides the fact that he can win without Tom? Maybe it's just being the competitive nature in me, but I'm like. If I don't care how I win another one, if I'm gonna win it, win another one, then I'm gonna, I want, I want, I want to do it. Like I said, if I'm gonna have a shot at it, and like, I mean, they're not gonna roll with Hoyer. I mean, they're not, and they're not gonna make a big trade for a big, a big splash for a quarterback. So I mean, I'm just saying, if if that happens, God forbid. But man, it's gonna get crazy. It's gonna get crazy. I if they if they it would be criminal if they didn't call him. If Mac did go down, I think. And I'm not even a Patriots fan. So I, the last thing I would ever want to see is Tom Brady playing football again, especially not with the freaking Patriots. Watch, Chargers make the AFC Championship and run into Tom Brady and the Patriots in his return. And Tom Brady, but I would jump off a bridge. I promise you, I would jump off a bridge. Um. Okay. So speaking of Tom Brady, speaking of the Patriots, this is a Patriots podcast. Yes, this is a Patriots podcast. So, well, I mean, we have to talk about this. The, um. The Mike Florio reporting about the the truth about Deflategate, everything that oh, yeah. you know ha- has gone on with that, boys. It's what I've been saying literally since Jump Street about this whole <laughs> Deflategate thing, and nobody wants to listen to me. Like the people, people up there, and like national media people, like have always said yes to Deflategate. Like it's it's a it's a load of bull crap, pretty much. But you know, Tennessee fans and Peyton Manning fans are like, oh no, he's you know, Deflategate, you know, he's a cheater and all this stuff. It's what I've been saying since day one. It was a complete disaster of a case, a massive cover-up for the NFL to save their butts, and Goodell 
literally suspending Tom Brady because he has the merits and the power to suspend Tom Brady. So Mike Florio reports that Mortensen was the one that famously came out and said, the Patriots, we found out, had 11 of the 12 balls deflated. This is the 2014 AFC Championship game against the Indianapolis Colts, the game before the Malcolm Butler interception and the Super Bowl against Seattle. So they were like, oh, Mortensen said, released the news that said 11 of the 12 balls were underinflated. Now, it turns out Mortensen did report it. However, he t- he heard from Tony Vincent. Now, Tony Vincent, and also Jeff Pash has a little role in this too, these guys were both irate about the whole Spygate thing uh, back in 2007 and said that the Patriots should have gotten punished way more than they did. I mean, they took away first-round draft picks and also fined Bill Belichick $500,000 and fined Robert Kraft $250,000 for Spygate. But they were mad that the Patriots, because of that, didn't get more of a punishment. Even though Spygate, we can go on for hours. All they were doing was filming in the wrong locations. But was anyways. That the, was, that the, was that the Rams Super Bowl? Was that Spygate? Because I know no, they had... That they was got, the 07 season against the Jets, week one. Well, I think Bill had gotten in trouble for filming the Rams practice in that very first Super Bowl, too. Yeah, I'd that's heard. all. Ru- yeah, that's all rumors. Like none of that's ever been confirmed. Okay, uh, but I know what you're talking about. Um, so eleven of the twelve balls. That was the very first thing. That was false. Turns out that was complete bull crap. Only one ball was underinflated. So second thing, and it's probably the biggest one, is that. And I'm I'm just gonna read this off, guys. So bear with me for a second. Beginning. If you guys didn't know, there was no halftime testing of PSI until after this happened. So the referees were always the ones to check the balls before the game to make sure that they were in the um, 12.5 to 13.5 PSI, okay? Before the game, there was never any halftime testing. Because of this, they started testing during halftime in the 2015 season. And what do you know? Beginning with the 2015 season, NFL began conducting air pressure spot checks at halftime of games. The numbers were collected and protected with none of the information ever coming to light, which is fishy. Uh, It was expected that given the operation of the ideal gas law, the pressure inside, but I don't want to get too nerdy. The ideal gas law is like basically if it's cold weather, stuff tends to deflate. If it's Warmer weather, stuff tends to inflate. That's the ideal gas law. Um, so, ideal gas law, the pressure inside the balls would rise on warm days and it would fall on cold days. That's exactly what happened during the 2015 testing during halftime. Uh, as the source puts it, numerous, in quotations, measurements made at halftime of games during the 2015 season generated numbers beyond the 12.5 to 13.5 PSI with the reading showing a direct correlation between temperature and air pressure. So they tested for all this stuff, and they were like, oh, shoot, maybe they are right. Maybe uh, weather does have a, a little a little factor to play. But like Florio reported, the evidence was destroyed, uh, and, and the numbers were like never came out. 
Uh, on cold days, pressure readings taken before balls were moved to the field resulted in lower readings. Duh. Um, on hot days, the pressure increased. Um, indeed, it was believed that the actual numbers measured in footballs used by the Patriots were generally consistent with the numbers that the atmospheric conditions should have generated that day. Question. Hello. Question. What, Drake? What? I'm so, reading. I know, but it, it I don't want to get off of the topic of the temperature and, and okay. gas pressures and stuff like that. But anytime there's a cold game, and we've seen it throughout history, right, is – while your team's on defense, you've got a guy in front of the heater with oh, the yeah. balls that you're about to go out on yeah. the field with, right? So and how is that only, not tampering? Well, my only question is, like, as far as advantage goes, because I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, the refs touched the ball. We've talked about this with the Dallas 49ers game. Like, they have to touch the ball before the snap. Every play, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So... Can you can you feel the difference in one pound of pressure? Like, can you feel like is it a lit like because you've you've had a ball that's pretty aired up, but you can kind of squeeze a little bit, and then you've had one that's fully aired up. Yeah, but like if it's like a pound off, like eleven point five psi to twelve point five psi during the middle of a game, it's like I mean I don't know if I would be able to tell the difference between them. I mean maybe not, but like I'm sitting here thinking like if your hands are big enough to get. A reg around a regular football anyway. Like to me, a deflated ball is only going to make you more susceptible to throwing a duck, right? Like, I mean, yes, I mean, makes sense to me. That's, yeah, that's the only thing that I've ever thought about it. And like a deflated ball, like I mean, let's let's get real here. It doesn't win or lose you a game. And I'm not a Patriots fan by any means. Just full disclosure. But like I've always thought the the thing was silly, personally. But continue. If so, I'm a Colts um, fan, I take it to the bank, though. I'm going to ride that deflate gate till I die. I don't care. Right. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. The score was 14 to 7 at halftime, like and the Patriots put up 41 points. Yeah. Not so great. it was like after the balls were apparently okay after halftime, that's when we scored all of our points. And then in the Super Bowl, two weeks later, against the greatest defense that we've ever seen, Tom Brady puts up four touchdown passes and 350 yards. Who was that I mean, against? come on. Huh? Who was that against? The greatest defense Yaddle, ever seen. Sam, holy smokes. Let's pay attention. Oh, there's a, a new there's a new one of those every week every every week. I mean Okay, so uh indeed it was believed that the actual numbers measured in football footballs used by the Patriots were generally consistent with the numbers that they showed during the twenty fifteen season. So they took that AFC championship game numbers, compared them to the 2015 same conditions, and the numbers were the same. They got the same numbers from the Patriots game as they got from other teams in the 2015 season when they started testing that next season. Holy smokes. Um, it goes on to say, uh, so what happens to the those numbers in 2015 season? Per source with knowledge of the situation, a higher up in the NFL offices, and as reported in Playmakers Florio's book, what a nerd. Um, the NFL expunged, which means eradicated, uh, the numbers, which is what I said before. They destroyed the evidence because they didn't want to admit because they had already spent $42 million on this case to fight Tom Brady. Yep. They went ahead and just destroyed the evidence that would have like vindicated Tom Brady. Um while the 
league to leak the numbers. That's what we just went over. Um, always believe the Patriots got screwed. Uh, numbers harvested in 2015. Uh, there was something else that I wanted to read off of this. Um, oh, it's Florio's last last paragraph. So there's the last word on Deflategate. It's harvested in the process of drafting playmakers. Plugging in his book again. I think he referenced his book like four times during this. Um, <laughs> the effort to test the operation of air pressures in footballs in the season played after the game in question, 2014 AFC Championship game, an effort the NFL had never before undertaken resulted in numbers that were inconveniently, in terms of the NFL, similar to the numbers haphazardly collected in the game of gotcha that was instigated against the Patriots. Thus, those numbers never saw and will never see the light of day. The NFL made sure of that. First off, look, Deflategate is a massive sham. It always has been. And this information, I'm sure Goodell or whoever, uh, Tony Vincent and, and Jeff Pash, the leaders of this whole thing, I'm sure they're like, well, okay, what do we do now? And actually, guys, during this whole media week, you know, a bunch of radio stations are on Radio Row for the Super Bowl. They do it every year. Yeah. Uh, the NFL has denied any questions to Vincent and Jeff Pash. Nobody is allowed to interview those two guys. Interesting. I mean, come on. Come on. And the thing was, and and I know I already said it, but the whole the reason why Brady got suspended is because Goodell like had the right to is true. Now it was an equipment malfunction. By rule, equipment malfunctions is a fifteen thousand dollar penalty. And that's it. No suspensions, no nothing like that. But the NFL wanted to make a example out of the Patriots. Now, all that to say, did the Patriots deflate footballs? Uh yeah. Probably. Absolutely as probably every other NFL team does. I mean, we've had Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers say like, yeah, I overinflate the footballs because I can throw a tighter spiral. Like both those guys said that. Um, so I'm Just sure like, and like, that's the thing, like halftime, you know, testing was never a thing until after this happened. So it's like, so you're going to, punish the Patriots and then the numbers correlated and you're like, just going to sweep it under the rug, destroy the evidence. And you're still going to take Tom Brady to court. Okay. But just, no, nobody here is a Colts fan. And like, I know what Jake's going to say. And I, I've already shared my, like, does that win or lose you that football game, Sam? The PSI in no. that football. No. Unless it, blowout, it is something. It? Yeah, it was a blowout. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying like any football game though, unless it's ridiculous. Right, so you said that that it showed that it was congruent. It was in between those thresholds the entire time, right? That through the 2015 season, like it never left that threshold, right? It was well, well, no. I'm saying the the same elements that the Patriots played in in that AFC Championship game was like measured up with games in that similar situation in the 2015 season and the numbers were the same like if the patriots had footballs at 11.5 psi and then a game in the 2015 season had those same temperatures <clears throat> and they gauged those balls 
the temperatures, the the PSI in those balls were also 11.5, i.e. ideal gas law. If it's colder temperatures, stuff tends to deflate. If it's warmer temperatures, inflates. It's just common knowledge. To me, like, to me, that doesn't, it doesn't change... And if it if you cannot tell when you touch the ball in the middle of a game, like to me, like that is not ground to stand on. Like it just doesn't. I think. That, I mean, should there be regulation? Well, no, like of if, course. If you can right, have standards did, or regulations have, yeah. with everything, like, but sure, but you can't control those things always. And then. The only thing that I would want to ask you about that, I don't know if that this article had touched on it or not, and this might have been pure speculation, rumor, internet, you never know, but I had heard something years ago uh, when that, that came out. What was that? You said freshman year of college, probably 14, yeah, 15? 2014, yep. Yeah. Tom Brady had come into the locker room and said something about he likes his balls, like his football's a little flat or a little deflated or something like that. I'd heard something like that whenever all of this broke out. I think out. you're talking about the text messages with the ball boys. That's probably what you're talking about. Maybe then. Maybe that's what it was. But he had mentioned something about the air pressure and the footballs. But, like, how do we know that's not been a thing – like you were talking about Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, like they say, like, you know, I'd probably tell my ball boy to air it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't I don't understand. Like, unless it is something just outrageous, like this is so nitpicky, and I'm I mean, again, it, it's just wild. I mean, to me we have to revisit gotten, it because it's because it's like a news story that's come out and that literally vindicates everything that like Patriot fans and Tom Brady fans have been saying this entire time that it was a massive sham and the NFL did a horrible job, spent $42 million <laughs> right. on the entire thing. I mean, that's crazy. It's a lot to of take money. $42 million yeah. for an equipment malfunction that you didn't even have it. evidence on. I'd have looked I mean, into it for smokes. a million. I'd have looked into it for a million. They didn't have to spend forty-two. dollars <laughs> um, So also Troy Vincent, he's like a notorious... Patriot hater because of the whole Spygate thing and a Brady hater. So as a player, he went 0-7 against Tom Brady. And and Vincent, uh, guys, I don't know if you know that. I I should have said that at the beginning. He is the, um, ah, I forgot his title now, but it's he's like the discipline coordinator in the NFL. If like He works in the league office, and he's like in charge of discipline and, and all that stuff. Um, as a player, 0-7 against Tom Brady. As an NFL executive leaks false information, and this these are all tweets from uh, from my boy Greg on Twitter, um, leaks false information regarding PSI of footballs, creating Deflategate. With complete autonomy, levies unpre- unprecedented punishment on Brady and Patriots despite no evidence of cheating scandal. NFL falsely purges relevant data which should have been cleared by which should have cleared Brady slash the Patriots. That is the whole testing in 2015 that would have vindicated Tom, but they destroyed that. Brady still wins two more Super Bowls. Technically three if you want to count two weeks later against the Seahawks. Still wins, you know, two to three more Super Bowls. And then, guys, if you remember this, and I maybe you do, maybe you don't. It was our senior year of college. It was the Super Bowl against the Eagles. If you guys remember, two catches happened in that game. The Zach Ertz 
last touchdown to win the game and the touchdown that happened right before or sorry in like uh right after halftime I think in the third quarter back of the end zone catch by Clement the um the running back both of which weren't actual catches however uh Vincent changed rules of catch on the fly to benefit his former team which who he he used to play for the Eagles giving them two touchdowns in a Super Bowl um, they gave a bitter former player keys to cripple one of the most successful dynasties in fo- in sports history. Fortunately, it didn't really work because they still won three Super Bowls during that span. Just suck it, just suck it, okay? Like, like it doesn't matter what you do to Tom Brady. Like, it it really doesn't matter. I sorry we got on such a daggum montage about Tom Brady and Deflategate, but it's a big story that that I think that needs to be addressed. Now, Drake, Odell Beckham, did you see his comments about almost joining the Patriots when he was trying to pick between Packers, uh, Rams, and the Patriots? Did you see what he said? Uh, So what I sent you guys actually last night was, let me look at it real quick. That was three years Uh, ago. It was three years ago with Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, on how close he was to joining the Patriots before the Browns. No. He said the question was how close were you to picking other teams? And they were talking about Packers and Patriots. I think you're getting a little confused because he said if it was like he called he talked to Bill Belichick on the phone and he goes, Bill, if this was three years ago, I would say yes. Okay. Well this oh. I just pulled up the po- post bleacher report obj said he would have joined the pats three years ago to play with brady yes. yeah i think saying. yeah he was on the phone that's with bill saying. this year saying so, three yes. years ago yeah yeah okay so then they that. worded it poorly they did, yeah, they did. Right, right yeah yeah if you okay. watch the video he literally says hey bill if this was three years ago I, I i would definitely say yes so was it was like just mac the deciding factor there like i mean i wouldn't want to play with mac i wouldn't want to play with a rookie quarterback either i mean but you got to think though, like the, he chose L.A., which I knew that they were putting together. They had some stars and stuff like that. But like, and but when when Matt had came in, we had what week did OBJ come in? Eight or nine? I think we were seven and one or seven uh, y'all and two. Lost three and three in a row or something like that when he after he came in though. I thought okay. Had we already went on that I, little slump I, I, before I think, he came in? I think because y'all had just got Von Miller. Well, maybe you went on it before. Because I think y'all started winning when Odell. No, because y'all, y'all, Stafford was forcing a lot of stuff. No, to Odell he that came first in. Game. He came in the Forty ers game. So yeah. we had just we had just lost the Titans, mm-hmm. and then turned around and lost the Forty ers Odell's first game, then lost to uh, Green Bay at Green Bay, mm-hmm. and then uh, maybe and lost another it. one. No, I think y'all won the next one. Y'all didn't lose four in a row. Um, but uh, so I mean, like with with Stafford, I mean, we did come in. He we, he was playing hot, but like it's still like an unsure situation, I guess. Like it, like he went to Green. He could have gone to Green Bay and like with Aaron Rodgers, like he knows a really good quarterback that's going to get you to the playoffs. Um, I, I don't know. It, it was just weird that like. We never heard about like we might have heard like certain things. I mean, they were throwing everybody out there. They had threw the Chargers out there for a little bit. Yeah. I didn't even until the day that he signed with the Rams. I never even heard the Rams. Like I never did. 
That's usually how gotta, it works. You, you got to think. You got to think, though, Drake. If he talked to Bill Belichick on the phone, that means he talked to LaFleur. That means he also talked to McVeigh. Yeah. And he probably got his idea. With, I mean, with Bill, it sounds like like it was pretty quick. It was like, you know, hey, if this was three years ago and you still had Tommy, I'd definitely be there. But, like, I'm sure with LaFleur, he was like, hey, this is how we're going to use you. Same thing for McVay. I'm sure McVay was like, hey, here, here's how we're going to use you. Like, you know, Robert Woods went down. Like, we really need a number two receiver. Like, oh, Cooper's obviously Robert, already, already – Woods already, went down after the signing. Yeah. After so, the signing, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it that was Friday, literally right, at, right after. Two days, one day or two days. It yeah, was weird. Right. Yeah. But, like, that may – I mean, it just – it was a weird situation. Like, when we first talked about it, I'd hopped on there. I said, I think he can only hurt us. And I mean, I have, I will eat crow from that because that is crazy. Like with Robert Woods going down, I mean, he has been the biggest impact along with playoff Vaughn because during the season, like I thought Vaughn Miller really wasn't producing, but like, again, I don't, I don't want to turn this into a Rams thing until it's time to talk about the Rams, but like OBJ, um, Man, I you know it it's gotta it's gotta sting a little bit because we I think deep down in our hearts we all knew that he wasn't done for but he still wasn't producing for the Browns so there's always that little bit of question and so that's why I had the instant reaction of I think he can only hurt us because I let the media and everybody drive the narrative for me saying like. This dude's going to come into our organization and bring all of this just wild, flamboyant personality and all this stuff. And, like, you know, I, but, again, I, I told you I'll eat crow on it because, like, he has been fantastic and has been the great. And he seems like he has no problem taking that number two spot. Like, he yeah. and he shows he up in to, big dude, moments. He really and that, does. And he that's wants kinda, to win. When yeah, when the, all that was going on, and Jake, I know Jake was like, you, you know, Odell had his dad release that video, and I was telling you, he's been he's been good. He was good in Cleveland. Like he was a mess with the Giants, but he was pretty okay. And like attitude wise, you didn't hear a lot. I mean, maybe complaining about the coaches and stuff like that, but like off the field issues and stuff like that. Like, he, he wasn't really a problem in Cleveland. Like, and I was like, I think Odell's kind of matured a little bit since his New York days, and. uh like I said, I, I honestly, I think the decision to go play in L.A. was more so, I think he's an L.A. guy. I mean, I think I think the Chargers would have offered him. I think he might have, and the Rams wouldn't have. I think he would have gone to the Chargers. I just, I just think he, it really fits him, I feel like. And I think he wanted st- to be out there. Yeah, Stafford, maybe not a huge winner before he got to the Rams, but you know he can sling the sling the rock. Like, I mean, he, he got freaking. He's not uh, Baker. He's not no, Baker. yeah, he's not. He can. Everybody knows he can throw the football. Megatron, and then he got what's his face paid that plays for the Jaguars now. Uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, oh, Marvin Jones Jr. Marvin Jones, yeah, Marvin Jones freaking went off with Stafford. Uh, and like I said, you get to be number two behind Cooper Cup, but Stafford's still gonna throw the ball thirty times a game. You're not. They're not. They're gonna run the ball, but they're not gonna be run heavy. So I mean. If, I think if Mac Jones was in at the Rams and Stafford was at the Patriots, I think he still goes to the Rams. I, re- I, I, re- I really do. Yeah. I think uh, – I mean, I, I'm happy for the guy, whether it's my team or not, like to really just kind of kill that narrative that oh. he had pinned to him. 
Oh, like man, it was unnecessary too. Like the Giants was warranted, but after he left New York, he just he carried that bad reputation. And I guess that it's a partially on him for set starting it, but after so long, you can only push the narrative so long. Like, like Stafford, like if he wins the Super Bowl this year, he can't carry that loser. I mean, reputation anymore. You gotta let it go. I mean, you just got you got to. I think, I mean, I think it, we'll really we'll really see. And I'm I'm happy for Odell. Like I. I've realized like he really does want to win and, and all this. You think the next location we'll, is the most important? We'll really see exactly, Sam. Yep, you're right yep. on the same wavelength I am. We'll really see what Odell Beckham like. Yes, of course, everybody wants to win a Super Bowl, so it's like, yeah, I'll play for vet minimum, you know, one year, just you know, gung ho. So if they win it, we'll really see like where Odell Beckham's like kind of mindset slash priorities are um, does he want to get paid does he does he want to win does he want to make a little money and compete uh i hope we let mike williams go and bring him in i I was gonna say i I really hope we do i think sam's kind of like accurate right there where he's like saying like oh i think he just more the city more than anything but you also had the rams kind of putting together this team that was all in uh, and, you know, I've said it before. I think we've set ourselves up to know very well that here in about five years, we might be a bottom 10 team, but that's where you set yourself up like that. But if you can get one, two, three Super Bowls out of it, it kind of makes that worth it. But like OBJ is going to go get his ring. It's going to be free agency time, or is he chasing a bag? Is he chasing a lifestyle? Is he chasing rings? What is he chasing? And and we're going to have to find that out. But I could see if the Rams were just like, look, dude, we got to, you know, we got to pay all these people or, you know, because, man, I, I don't know who's coming up because I know Robert Woods is coming up. Cooper Cup, I, th- I think we paid. I think we paid Cooper Cup, but they probably want to restructure him because he's going to want a bag. Uh, I mean, obviously Rams are notorious for like the whole cap. It's 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 fantasy. It doesn't exist. Um, so maybe they can finagle something to keep OBJ because I'd love to keep him around. But man, then then you start looking at like, do we let Van Jefferson go? And I freaking love Van Jefferson. No, I think no, he's got a huge go. absolutely not right you let, career. You let Odell or What's or Bobby Trees go? Yeah, right. And I and if if I'm serious, like I know it's hard to talk off the off the ACL, but Cooper already had ACL and Odell blew his ankle to pieces. But if I'm looking at that, to be real with you, the I'm keeping I'm keeping Robert Woods and I'm keeping Van Jefferson. And the only reason I'm I saying agree. that is I because agree. of Van Jefferson's age. So you got Cooper Cup and you got Bobby Trees who are inside the hash marks, inside the numbers kind of guys, more like a slot type. And then Van Jefferson, who's a young guy that can play outside the numbers and get you those one-on-one matchups, fade routes, stuff like that. I mean, you just you have to you have to weigh it. And it and it, it comes down to like it's it's tough. I can definitely see it being tough, but then at the end of the day, when you got to take age into account, at the end of it, age and cost. So I mean, to me, it'd be worth to see how Robert Woods recovers, see how um, Van Jefferson, like how he develops, and you know he's still on a rookie contract. This is only his second year, dude. And look at what he's doing. Like the upside. I mean, the future is bright. And as much as I love Odell Beckham, 
I can't see him asking for too much money and getting it from us because either we don't have it or we've got too much else going on at that position. Boys, let's do a little impromptu draft real quick. All right. All right, so we're going to draft the most overrated things about Super Bowls. And it's completely impromptu. I did not like tell them that this, you know, this was happening. So it's overrated things that have anything to do with the Super Bowl or maybe it's just things that you hate. Sam, do you want this one to be you? Yep. We haven't done a draft in a minute. Give me one, give me one, give me one, give me one, give me one. Sam, you have three. Oh. Matthew, you have number two. I have the number one overall pick. Ooh. I will say, and you can, you can say this is overrated, or you can say I hate this about the the Super Bowl. Um, I'm gonna go with. I just think the Super Bowl. I'll go with the halftime show. Dang it! I think the halftime shows always suck. They never live up to the hype. It's always somebody like big or it's somebody that literally hasn't performed or that you don't care about performing in years this, this one this, this year, year this year's yeah. is good this year's yeah. i'm hopefully, excited yeah. hopefully that's how it is always year uh, uh, how it always is no it's like, no oh, like, it, yeah. it was like cold play a couple years ago that was just t- terrible <laughs> um but i just think that halftime performers the halftime in general it is so long it is so stinking long. And that sucks for the players, man, because they're so used to having, you know, 20 minutes. Do you not get for the halftime? You also, you get tight, though, too. Like you sit there in the middle of a game thing. and you start, yeah, you get, you start to get tight. Um, You're sitting down for 45 minutes, you know, yeah. waiting to go back on the field, waiting for, you know, Kiss to clear off the, the field, you know, with their, you know, stilettos. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> no, it's it's funny that you say that halftime. I agree. I, I would agree. I have high hopes for this one uh, because in the past, I don't even know how many years, in the halftime, I'm usually up talking, eating, getting another beer, doing something. I'm not, I haven't watched a halftime show um, in a minute. So I definitely agree with that. But I saw a meme that said, uh, Hey, did you guys know there's a football game going on at, before and after this concert they got Sunday? <laughs> so, like this this halftime show they got coming on uh, this year is, is it seems like it's going to be electric. So, I'll definitely be tuning in. But my second pick is going to be as of recent history Super Bowl commercials. Yes, Dude, thank you. Ever you. ever since smartphones and social media have become more and more popular what do we do as a society anytime our show our game goes to commercial we get on our phone we get on our phone. tweet instagram yeah. facebook anything nobody People, gives a rip about the stupid dorito commercials or the bud light or, or, the, or the puppy nbc yeah. nbc is running a fee of seven and a half million dollars for 30 seconds for people to look down at their phones. Boys, that's a lot of Bitcoin. I'll tell you that. And what, but even more beyond that, other companies, what they're going to do is they're going to look and they're going to say, is that Bud Light? No. Is that Doritos? No. Like, 
Uh, you know who are else some good ones that have great commercials? I Dota. swear, if I see if I see Tom Brady's new clothing brand, the Brady brand, have a commercial in the Super Bowl, I'm gonna throw but up. I'm just like they're they used growing up. Everybody, everybody, like if you didn't have a team in it, like yeah, you like to enjoy football, sure. But like the families were just like, hey, commercials are on, commercials are on. Like you used to call people out of the kitchen. Yeah. When the commercials were on, now it's just overrated. Yeah, Sam, what's your uh, first round draft pick? Y'all took both of mine. So yeah, I mean I'm they're go, both great ones. I'm going go NFL or Super Bowl tickets. Tickets, as in the prices. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. I under because yeah. I didn't know how to word it, or I was gonna say that one because it kind of hits near and dear to me this year. Well, I mean, if Chargers go wins are in the Super Bowl this year, I promise you, I would want to be there. I mean. But I mean, eight six thousand dollars for a nosebleed. I mean, I'm not gonna be able to see the freaking game. Yeah. And it is crazy because whenever I went, whenever I sold my car to watch the Pats in Seattle Super Bowl, um, my ticket was four thousand two hundred and eighty dollars, and that was for two hundred level section on the Patriots side. Um, and then it was, it was on the sideline, but it was like at the goal line. I mean, so it, the, the Malcolm Butler about, the Malcolm Butler interception happened on the opposite goal line. You're talking about a decent ticket for half the price that a shitty ticket is this year. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's the crazy thing about like if you want to get like economic, like inflation and, and all this stuff, like how much more expensive everything is. But, the fact that it's double for a crappy ticket versus like you know seven eight years ago when I went, it's nuts to think about. Can I can I ask you guys what you guys think if, in this theory I've created as of just recently I was thinking about this and I don't want to try to derail us too much off the draft but since he said that and Jake you've been to a Super Bowl so you you can attest to this do they pump noise into the Super Bowl because you've got to think the people that can afford those tickets are probably people of of uh status quo they and don't age. really they don't age maybe they don't really care there's no way diehards are affording these tickets unless they sell their car example a and then dude i don't know hear, i was around the super bowl. i was around some some mass holes whenever i was at the I, super bowl it's just crazy to me because like there's no way like oh there's definitely gonna be oh, Drake, hear, there's 100 percent gonna be some crowd noise pumped into to sofi stadium one million percent so maybe this super bowl but not every right. super bowl not every super bowl probably not because there's like I mean, I there's bet, no way i'm trying to think of a super bowl like recently that would have had crowd noise pumped in i mean because Kansas City fans are going to be crazy. They'll probably dump out right. thousands, so that one would be good. Uh, no, this, Tampa this Bay, Super Bowl, this Super probably, Bowl is going to have some crowd noise for sure. Pump we, knew, we knew last year's had crowd noise because they had to because of COVID. They had to pump the noise in. We knew it was artificial. Right, it was, it was legal, right, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy because like, I know for fact, and I would believe it so much for Bengals, but like we joke about this, but dead serious, like if – like there's just a roar for the fucking Rams. Like, I'm, <laughs> I know that those celebrities that are there, because you're gonna have a lot of Rams celebrities. Yeah, you're not gonna have Brad Pitt taking his shirt off and like chugging but, a beer. But they're also gonna be like, oh, the Rams score. That's cool, man. And like they're gonna go back to having their conversation. Like, the only people that are gonna cheer is like the the small minority 
of Rams fans and like the Bengals fans that dumped their life savings into this game. Right. So like it's hard for me to believe there won't be pumped in noise. You know what I'm no, saying? Definitely will. All right, Sam, what is your second pick? You got the snake pick. I know, and I was while Drake was rambling, I was trying to think of something else, and it just is. I'm not getting anything. Uh, I mean, tickets, halftime show. Uh, I don't. I, I really. I, I think I, there's I, a big one that you're that you're missing. Do you want to pass? You can pass uh, or switch to underrated. I because <laughs> I got oh, some things oh, we, that are underrated. Yeah, it's it's either things that you hate or or things that are oh, overrated. So, oh, I didn't know that. Or so underrated. Like, uh, oh, yeah, overrated whatever. and underrated. Okay, okay, I can do it underrated. Uh, underrated would be Super Bowl parties or so like Super Bowl, the Super Bowl meal, Super Bowl meal. I guess I don't even think that's underrated though. Oh, I think I think it's one of the best. Like I look forward to it all. Like I I don't care. I, I'm gonna have to clean up the kitchen and stuff, and it being a Sunday, and I've I've worked the next day, and I'm gonna dirty the whole kitchen up. I don't care. I'm gonna break out the buffalo chicken dip. I'm gonna dirty every freaking tray in the house and i'm gonna cook everything i'm gonna i'm gonna do it all do it all and get it all ready and uh i don't know i think that's one of my in chargers like i said chargers are poverty so they don't make it but i still enjoy at least eating and uh that's that's probably my this sunday i mean it's a lose-lose situation for me in the super bowl whoever wins so i'm gonna enjoy eating matthew who's uh what's your second round draft pick Oh man, I I'm hate that Sam took that because I said underrated because I was sitting there thinking I was like, man, if if I don't have a dog in the fight, like I'm there for just the super or the yeah. Super Bowl party, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I I enjoy just everybody coming together and enjoying football. Oh man, let's um, let's do expert picks overrated. Super Bowl oh, expert picks. Time. That's a good one, Drake. That's because a good one. because I, I, I obviously this year especially like I read a lot into it, and I wanted to touch on this and I'll I'll you know segue it into it real quick, but like I've been looking and they talk about expert analysts and stuff like that and like this person picked the Super Bowl correct last year and uh, it, it means nothing. At this point in the season, you're riding mostly on emotion, off a Cinderella story, off of just momentum, off of you know. There's there's so many factors that come into this that uh, Super Bowls are just so hard to predict. I I truly believe that. Um, but I tell you guys real quick, funny story. I have read all these uh, expert picks and things like that. But the thing that scared me the most here this week was someone sent me something that said, sorry, man, I'm putting my money on the Bengals after saying this. And it was, do you guys know the whole theory of like the Simpsons predicting everything yeah. correctly? Yeah. I just sent you that. I literally yeah. just sent you that. Yeah. it's in my Oh, well, messages. I haven't yeah. looked. Sorry. Someone sent it earlier today as well. And it was uh, Cincinnati and a photoshopped Los Angeles. I did find the real thing, but it it said thirty four thirty one Cincinnati money line baby. Yeah, is that then, Chargers? Is that in the picture? Is that a Chargers lightning bolt? And it uh, in the unphotoshopped one, it's Miami. They're oh. both AFC, so I guess it didn't really turn out like. But anyway, 
I was like, I saw that and I just got sick to my stomach because they, <laughs> they literally, I was just like, Oh my God, the Bengals or the uh, Simpsons predict everything correctly. So like, that was just funny, but like expert picks ex any, any kind of like analyst picking the Super Bowl or any kind of like talk show, like it's a freaking Super Bowl. There's so much more that goes into it now. So for my second pick, I'm going to go with location. I hate the whole, okay, it's in this year. It's at this place for this year. And then in four years after that, it'll be in this place. It's like, can we just keep it like one centralized location? Well, well, no, like keep it to the main cities like New Orleans. That's always a good Super Bowl. Uh, Atlanta. Vegas, probably Vegas, Dallas probably is, Dallas. I mean, Dallas has never been to a Super Bowl, so you might as well take it there. Yeah, and that's that's probably it. I mean, L.A. Maybe if you like, just because I it's think L.A. But it'll like, be interesting to see how it is, that's how it. it pans out in L.A. Like, don't, I don't give know, Tampa. I, like, why in the world would Tampa ever like get a a Super Bowl at it? Like, t- t- Tampa is a pretty cool city. Nashville There's nothing des- in Tampa. Nashville deserves Tampa. one. Nashville deserves one if they can get their stadium up to par. They can't get a roof. Does it have to be a roof now? Because they had Miami in 2019. It'll be too cold in Nashville during February. It was 60 today. That's true. He got you there. It's been freezing cold. What are you talking about? It has been like freezing. If you're the best team in football, like weather's a part of it. Don't sit here and be tell me that you can't play out. Football Football should be in a dome. Having them in. Yeah, they, yeah, Sam. I don't don't even get started on that. Um, but I just think I just think like they should just do it in specific locations: New Orleans, Atlanta, uh, Dallas, Mexico LA, City maybe. permanently. I, Super Bowl I every year is in Mexico City. Uh, didn't they didn't they have to cancel their game because like the field was falling apart <laughs> yeah, or something like that? Would get yeah. um, all right. So with my last pick, I'm gonna go with something that I hate, uh, the football squares. <laughs> I don't, are you kidding me? Like, Hey man, uh, I'm going to buy two squares. So here's $10 and I'm hoping that the score ends in a zero okay, and, taking... in a, and in an eight for the other team. It's like, Holy smokes. Like there is a million, I don't bet, but like there's a million different ways to bet and bet like better stuff than pick like buying squares on a piece Sam, of paper. D- Sam, did you do squares at your work this year? No, we don't. Do I that. did. All my, uh, all my coworkers are like 35 with three kids. So the hell does that have? <laughs> they to do can't afford anything? it. They, yeah, they, they don't, can't they afford don't do it. Any yeah. of that. Um, Drake, what's your, uh, what's your third pick? Um, <sighs> overrated. Mine's going to be overrated. Uh, I think it's the initial kickoff. You know how the the initial I don't kickoff know, man. That just is always that. in the – nowadays, though. So I, I, oh, yeah. I want to clarify that I mean, like, nowadays, like, it seems like it just happens so fast. And, like, the reason it was so cool with all the flashes is because of disposable cameras. They wind it, and yeah. as they go to flash and all this stuff – yeah, when we were kids, now, that was the coolest thing was, was but, the, the shots all around the stadium. And then yeah. bam, 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 like the flashes yeah. all around. Now it's just a recording, a recording. They probably don't have their flash on. Like, So to me, the Super Bowl kickoff, and I know if, if we put this on Twitter, people 
won't really understand the context of it because I I agree with you. Like when you watch back your NFL films or you know one of the Super Bowls, like you just get chills, like seeing someone kick off and you just see all the flash. But it's not that way anymore, and it's just the it's it's how it is now, and it stinks. But like that that initial kickoff is is not what it used to be. Sam, end us out. We'll go What's over your third and overrated. Final pick? The week leading up to the Super Bowl. Oh, I love that. That is, oh, that's the number one overall pick. I just think that all these questions that these media people are asking are, they're not even talking about the game half the time. Like, it's so like, they're like, oh, Joe Burrow and Andrew Whitworth or y'all's left tackle are like good, good friends and go back. Like, who gives a crap? Let's talk about the game and the defense you're going against and talk football with me. I don't want to talk about what you do in your offseason. I don't want to hear about uh, Joe Burrow. So given that, I mean, I, I get it's kind of a a holy kind of thing, and you kind of things that no, you want to kind of right pick. You want to no, dig dude, deep into is. the uh, the play, like the Tom Brady and the the kid asking who's his hero. Like, yeah, you get moments like that out of it, but uh, I no, don't know. I, 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 agree. I wish they would talk more. I wish it'd be more about football and less about like. That whatever they try to make it about. I'm, I can't wait till they start asking vaccination questions in the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl this week. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if how much you guys have watched. None. But like of like the the the, the Super Bowl week stuff or yeah, whatever. But like it yeah. super corny. Like I just no, it's I don't, horrible. I it's, it's like horrendous. I was watching it and like it was terribly corny. And then now they're doing like the oh, side by till, side yeah. like interviews. Like we had McVeigh and Zach Taylor, and it's like I don't know. I mean, I know they don't hate each other, but, like, it's still something just awkward about, like, and then you have, like, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow, like, all on a Zoom call like this, and it's just like, hey, Matt, what do you think about Joe Burrow? And then, like, he's just sitting there listening to, hey, Joe, what do you think about Matt Stafford? And, like, oh, I think he sucks. Like, what, yeah. what do you think they're going to say? Right. He's a great like, player. Oh, he's yeah. a great competitor. Yeah. Respect him a guy. ton. But, like, what I want to hear is, like, I'm ready to slit his throat. Yeah, like that's that's what I want. Hog right beside me, right. for sure. But um, well, all right, we'll uh, we'll end it out on that, and uh, we will see you guys on Friday. Peace.